wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. The very first time that I heard that phrase, it struck a chord deep within me. Wherever you are, be all there. It was like a fast pass at an amusement park where those words went right past my ears, they went right through my brain, and went right down deep into my soul. It went down to my core, and they became for me something that uh, stuck with me for life. Wherever you are, be all there. I didn't know it at the time when I first heard those words, but this phrase would go with me through many of the difficult circumstances in my life. When I have struggled in life uh, through countless difficulties, when I felt come to crossroads in my life and I didn't know which way to turn left or right or to go straight ahead, I didn't know what to do. Often these words would come back to me and like a friend who would comfort me, they would put their arms around me and they would become for me something that would be helpful and bring me comfort. Wherever you are, be all there. It was a phrase that I first heard when I was in seminary, and I'm sure I've shared some of this story with you. Some of you might know this, and others of you, this might be the first time, but I want to give you a little bit of context uh, for this, um, because becoming a Presbyterian minister is actually a pretty significant process. Um, To go through the process of becoming a minister, you have to pass five uh, ordination exams. And much like the bar exam for law school, you have to pass these exams and and each one needs to be passed before you would go through becoming a minister. There's worship and polity, Bible content exams, uh, theology, and then you have to write a sermon and uh, and be able to preach it. And so these are all the different uh, exams that I had to pass. And right away when I took my exams, I passed three of the five of them right off the bat. The next time I took the exams, I passed the fourth exam. But the last exam, Theology took me four times to pass. Theology, by the way, the study of God, it's nice to know that your pastor took four times to pass his theology exam, right? There's there's a story behind that, and I'm sure I can share that with you at another time. But for today, I just want you to imagine, if you would, with me, what it would be like to be in school, to be studying to be a minister, the one thing you wanted to do in the whole wide world, And all you wanted to do was to graduate and to become a pastor. And you couldn't pass this exam. All the boxes that needed to be checked were checked. I'd gone through time with the Presbyterian Church. I'd gone through my study in seminary. Uh, There were people who saw in me the potential to become a minister. In fact, at this time of my life, I had a job lined up. There was a church that was actually waiting to hire me. But I couldn't pass that last exam. I was devastated on the third time when I didn't pass the exam. Devastated. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. There's nothing I wanted to do more in the world than to become a pastor. But I was being held back by this single exam, and I couldn't understand why. Why couldn't I pass this exam? Why, God? Why was everything lining up for me? Everything was ready to go. But at the end of the day, I couldn't pass this test And that one exam was holding me back from all of my dreams. All I wanted to do, all I wanted was to become a pastor, to do God's work. Why wasn't God allowing that to happen? It was during this season of time when someone had spoken the words to me, Doug, I know this is hard, but wherever you are, be all there. 
You may not know why something is happening, but if you slow down and if you trust God in the situation, he will guide you through. You can't change the circumstances, but what you can do is you can commit to being where you are. Wherever you are, be all there. Became a life value for me. Became something I held on to. I wanted to be a minister, but for whatever reason, I was being called to be a student. God was forming me where I was. He was teaching me. And if I kept looking to the horizon, if I kept looking out there to that desire, to that dream, to, to be a minister, I would miss what God was doing right here. I would miss all the lessons and the growth that God had for me in the season of being a student. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul spoke to the church about idolatry. If you read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's talking to the church about idolatry, meaning putting something above God. And he warned them of what, what, what happens. He said, this is what happens when you chase after uh, your desires more than you chase after God. It doesn't mean you can't have desires. It just says, when you chase after desires more than you chase after God, bad things happen. And in verse 13, Paul says this. He says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, friends, usually when we think about temptation, when we think about temptation, usually when temptation comes to our minds, we're thinking about the big ones, right? We're thinking about power and lust and greed and anger. We think we're tempted into these things. We think that temptation is always dark and sinister and it snags you when you don't want to go down a certain road. It's a, there's a picture of our mind in, of a devil standing with a pitchfork and he's, he's kind of handing something out to you that's dripping with desire and, and we're sitting there and we're thinking that that's what it is to be tempted. You know, you know you shouldn't have this thing, but, but the devil's there tempting you. That's what we think of when we think about temptation. But temptations don't have to come wrapped up in evil and darkness and, and enticement. As Paul says, our temptations are no different than what everyone experiences. We all experience temptation, and sometimes that temptation is to trust what is out there more than trusting where we are here. Wherever you are, be all there. That is a motto for us to live by. I'm going to trust that God will always guide me and that wherever I am now, that is where I most want to be. That is how we fight that temptation to be somewhere else. Now, the song for today that we're going to look at is by Brandon Heath, and it's entitled See Me Through It. And it's a song that points to the fact that no matter what we face, God is going to see us through. We're all going to be tempted in life to be anxious to feel alone, to focus on what's next rather than to focus on where we are. But God will always guide us if we trust him. And so I'd like you to check out this song, uh, Brandon Heath's song, See Me Through It.
Things are getting real, Jesus take the wheel Only way I'm getting to the other side Days are getting dark, life's a little hard Blinding but I'm trying not to lose sight I don't got this, I know you got this yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll believe it before I see it yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're gonna see me through it If anybody can, you can do it God, I know in the trial and the pain, fire and the rain, you're gonna see me through it. You're gonna see me through it. If anybody can, you can do it. And whenever my heart runs away, you say the day you're gonna see me through it. When the sky falls, who am I gonna call? The one who put it up there in the first place. Full scared attack. Devil on my back, better lace him up and go put on my game face I don't got this, I know you got this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe it before I see it, yeah, yeah I know you're gonna see me through it If anybody can, you can do it God, I know in the trial, in the pain, fire, in the rain You're gonna see me through it You're gonna see me through it If anybody can, you can do it several of his friends and probably some others went. Uh, they did something they'd never done before. They reached the peak. They went 19, some 19,000 and change, 19,340, I think, uh, uh, feet is what they climbed. And the song, See Me Through It, and Wherever You Go, Be All There, they are mottos. They are mottos that go hand in hand because they both require that we trust in God. They trust God. We have to trust that wherever we are, God is in the midst, and that our best life is when we are living 100% in the present, when we're living in the here and now. Not so much focused on the future, not so much focused on, uh, you, know, you know, that we're, we're so focused on what might come that we miss what God is doing in the present. It doesn't mean we don't have to have hope, that we're not supposed to have hope and expectation for the future, that we don't keep moving forward in life. Wherever you be, wherever you are, be all there is, um, is not a mandate to be stuck. That's not what it's saying. It's, it taking, it, it, it's a charge for us of how to act in the present with expectation that we are always following God's lead. Wherever you are, be all there because God's in the present, uh, God's in your presence there. And then see me through it requires that we trust God and we rely on him as we travel through life. No matter what age or stage we are in, this truth applies. The chorus of the song that we just heard says over and over, 
Our God is bigger than all our problems. He's the only one who knows how to solve them. So if you're sitting in the back rock bottom, prayers in the hair, if you got them, over and over that chorus is played. When you're in a tough spot and you don't know which way to turn, when life is tough and it's crashing down all around you, when you're trapped in a prison of anxiety, remember God is going to see you through it. God is bigger than all our problems. He's the only one who knows how to solve them. So if you're sitting in the back, rock bottom, prayers in the air if you got them. When you face difficult times, learn to lift your hands and surrender to God. It's the only way for us to find lasting peace. It's the only way. One of our favorite movies as a family any given day, you might find it's actually playing in the background. One of our family given, uh, fa favorite family movies is a 2006 movie called Facing the Giants. And in this movie, it's, it's about a high school, uh, high school coach who's struggling in life. He's struggling with his career. He's struggling in his family. He's struggling in his marriage and his friendships. He's struggling in his faith. He's constantly focused on all the things around him that are wrong in life, the things that are hard and bad, and, and how to get past where he is to a better place. And he's frustrated because he can't fix any of the things that are wrong. He can't fix any of them. And at one point in the movie, he, he walks out into the middle of a field, and, and he cries out to God. He just talks to God. He's reading his Bible, and, and he comes to the Psalms, and effectively, he, he through his reading of the, of the Word and through spending time out there, he just submits everything to God. He surrenders his frustration and his pain to the Lord. And he cries out to God and he says, I don't know what to do here, but God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. I don't know what to do, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Without saying it, he's saying, this is where I am in life. I'm going to be 100% right here. And I'm going to trust you, God, for the future. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to trust you for what comes next. And after this moment in the movie, it's kind of a, a, a big moment, things start to change for him. He sees that uh, things are changing on his football team, and his team starts to come together, and the team actually starts winning some, some games, whereas they were losing games before. And then in the locker room after one of these uh, games, uh, the coach says to them, he says this, he says, I, I, want to, I, I want God to bless this team so much so that people will talk about what God did here but it means we have to give him our best in every area. And if we win, we praise him. And if we lose, we praise him. I love that. If we win games, we're going to praise him. And if we lose games, we're going to praise him. You're going to be tempted in this life to put your hope in things that do not matter. You will focus more on the present than you, I'm sorry, you will focus more on the future than you will on the present. That's going to happen because you and I were human. We're going to do that. We're going to get caught in that temptation to focus on the future. But when it does, I want to ask you, remember the phrase, wherever you are, be all there. Hold on to that with both hands, that statement. Hold on to that motto because it is a promise that God will see you through it. Whatever you're facing, everything you face, God will see you through it. As Christians, people are watching us. People are watching us. And our dream is that God will bring such blessing into our lives that people will talk about what uh, he is doing through us. No matter if we win or if we lose, we are still going to praise 
him. And so today, I don't know where you are, I don't know what you're struggling with, but I know that we're all human. And I know that we all have hopes and we all have dreams and we all have desires of where we'd like to see our lives go and, and it can be a struggle for us to be in the present. And so I'm going to close us in prayer today. I'm going to raise my hands and surrender and I would ask you to do the same. It is a simple act, but it's an act that says, God, you are in charge. I submit my life to you, God. You know, back in the day, you think about when people, hands up, raise them up. Why are we doing that? Because it's saying you are the person in authority. You are the one who has all the power. You are the one that I am respecting. And so when we pray to God and we raise our hands and surrender to him, we are saying, God, you are you are the one I trust. And so I'm going to ask that you do that with me, that you would raise your hands and surrender. Remember that God is bigger than all our problems. He's the one who knows how to solve them. So if you're sitting in the back, if you're at rock bottom, prayers in the air if you got them. And we all have them. We all have those prayers. And so would you join me in prayer today? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this incredible day. For it is indeed a day that you have made. And Lord, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. God, we lift our hands and surrender to you today. God, we thank you that you are a God who sees everything that is going on in our lives. And Lord, no matter what we are facing, you will see us through it. Lord, it doesn't mean life is going to be easy, and we, we understand that. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go our way, and God, we understand that as well. Lord, it is our desire and our hope that things would be easy sometimes. And we just pray for your grace and your mercy in those moments where it isn't. Lord, when we don't understand, we pray that we would hold on with both hands to you that we would remember that wherever we are, you are asking us to be 100% there, to not live in the past and to dwell over things that we cannot change. Lord, for us to dwell in the future and to, to think about that to the exclusion of the present. But Lord, we pray that you would help us to be 100% in the here and now. And so Lord, we give you this day, and we pray all of this today in Jesus' name. Amen.